thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. Yeah. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. We are so glad to have you with us today for Jesus the Healer. Welcome. I tell you what, we're going to get into the healing word today. And uh, no matter what your need is, receive of that power. I tell you what, the word produces in our life. And when we attach our faith to that word, it can do what it's intended to do for each and every one of you. So release your faith, bring your faith uh, to this setting today and uh, receive what God has for you. You know, God said something to us. Uh, actually, when we were on the Victory Thon, before I was even part of the Victory Channel, I didn't even know that um, I would be invited on um, to be a programmer, and I'm so blessed to, to be able to do that. But I was on the Victory Thon, and um, while we were on there, God spoke to me, and he reminded me something of, some, of what Dad Hagen used to say to us. Kenneth Hagen, who was our spiritual father for decades before he went home to be with the Lord, but he said something about the healing revival that happened from, oh, the 1940s, 1950s, 1947 through 1958. And he said healing was just in the air. Right. I like that right. healing right. in the air. What does that What does that mean? Then it's easy to access, yes. easy yes. to receive yes. of. Yes. And God's, God reminded me of that. And then he said something about that further. He said regarding the Victory Channel, healing through the airwaves. Yes. Amen. 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 Healing Amen. was in the air Lord. during that healing revival. But while you release your faith, healing in the airwaves. Yes. Amen. 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 You can Lord. receive. Yes what God has for you. So um, we've been doing some studying on the different healings that happened under Jesus's earthly ministry. There were about 19 individual cases or so of healing that, that the Holy Ghost saw fit to record. Now don't misunderstand, that's not all that took place, right. yeah. but that's all that the Holy yeah. Spirit had the men of old to record. So uh, when we recognize that, if we will study those individual cases of healing, then we'll find out that we will see in those cases everything we need to know to minister healing, but also everything we need to know to receive healing. Amen. So we've been taking these healing passages, studying them line by line and sometimes word by word because uh, we, we need to become skillful. Yes, Amen. Amen. And uh, one way we become skillful is do it the way Jesus did it. <laughs> you know? Amen. Uh, the Word tells us that Jesus went everywhere doing three things, teaching, preaching, and healing. Those are the works of Jesus. Teaching, preaching, and healing. Um, and then Jesus said to his disciples, he said, once I leave, he said, what I do, you're going to do. What is that? Teaching, preaching, 
and healing. And he said, and greater works. Well, what is that? A greater supply of this, a greater amount, a greater quantity of what he even did because now the whole body can do it. It's not just one man doing it as he was in his day. So we teach, we preach and healing is part of the flow. And I tell you what, do you know that if you're sitting under the teaching of the word, you're sitting under the works of Jesus? Right. Amen. Amen. Too many times we just think that if power is manifesting through healing or something, which thank God for that, but also just sitting under the teaching of the word is the works of Jesus. Amen. 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 So you're sitting under his works. We're flowing with those works today. Amen. Amen. And teaching is as much a work of Jesus as healing is. So you can receive your healing by sitting under the teaching. Amen. Amen. Um, I want us to look, look in Luke chapter 6, and we're going to start with verse 6. We're going to read this entire passage, verse 6 through 11, Luke chapter 6. And uh, it reads in, out of the King James translation. And it came to pass also on another Sabbath that Jesus entered into the synagogue and taught. Uh, notice this, he went to church and taught him. <laughs> I said he went to church and he taught him. And there was a man whose right hand was withered. Now listen, they're sitting in church, right? Jesus is there, he's teaching in the synagogue. Verse seven, and the scribes and the Pharisees watched him. What were they watching for? To see whether he would heal on the Sabbath day that they might find an accusation against him. Verse 8, but he knew their thoughts and said to the man which had the withered hand, rise up and stand forth in the midst. And he arose and he stood forth. Then Jesus said unto them, now he's not talking to the man, he's talking to the observers. He said unto them, I will ask you one thing. Is it lawful on the Sabbath days to do good or to do evil? to save life or destroy it. And looking around about upon them all, he said unto the man, now he turns to the man and he speaks to him and he says, stretch forth your hand. And he did so and his hand was restored whole as the other. Notice what Jesus was doing. He was diffusing the argument of the critical. Those who were sitting there critical, he was diffusing their argument even before he, uh, he told the man the faith command. Uh, you know, that's called skill. <laughs> Jesus used skill. What's he doing? Disarming the critics before he does the work. Uh, and so he said to the, to the man with the withered hand, stretch forth thine hand. And he did so. And his hand was restored whole as the other. Verse 11. And they were filled with madness <laughs> and communed one with another what they might do to Jesus. Uh, it's amazing that, uh, people getting healed makes somebody else mad. Right. The withered man, the man with the withered hand wasn't mad because he was the one with the need. When you have a need, it never does you well to get mad at what helps you. Verse six, let's go back through this passage and let's take it down verse by verse and let's look at it. Verse six, again, it says, and it came to pass also on another Sabbath that he entered into the synagogue and taught. 
and there was a man whose right hand was withered. This shows us God's people need teaching. I said God's people need teaching. So Jesus went to the synagogue and that's, that's primarily what he did in the synagogue. Out among the public, he preached more, but in the synagogue, he taught. And so the body of Christ needs teaching. Why? To run out ignorance. That's good. Ignorance doesn't mean you're incapable of learning. It means that you don't know. And the word tells us that my people, God spoke and said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. So what is that? Ignorance will rob us of what belongs to us in Christ. Teaching runs out ignorance. Amen. Amen. Teaching runs out now, sound Bible teaching, not just any teaching, right. but yeah. sound Bible right. teaching, right. rightly divided, right. runs out ignorance. It brings peace. It brings answers. It brings help. And it runs out wrong thinking. Amen. Why were these right. religious leaders, they were, they, were, uh, they were positioned or poised rather to criticize yes. wrong thinking? Right. They thought wrong. So by Jesus teaching them, he was offering them right thinking. Thank God for the thoughts of the word. When we need healing, we also need right thinking. Uh, It's wrong thinking that robs us of receiving the healing power that belongs to us. And so we have to have right thinking. Why is that? Because Satan don't. Satan can only work through wrong thinking. Now, God doesn't work through wrong thinking. He's all wisdom. Mm -hmm. And so he does not move. His flow is is wisdom. His flow is not wrong thinking. So if we're going to get in the flow of God, we have to run out wrong thinking. Thank God for the teaching of the word. Um, When your pastor teaches the word to you, Sometimes people might get real engaged during the praise and worship portion of a service because it, you know, it's easier, the, the, it's easier for the flesh to connect to. But sometimes people may tend not to draw on the teaching portion of a service the same way. I tell you what, our, our help is in the teaching. Right. Thank That's God right. for the That's praise right. and worship. Yeah. But the teaching of the word runs ignorance out. Amen. That means it closes the door to the devil. Amen. Amen. Thank God. Thank, we go to church because we need, we need to be taught the, the, the words of God so that we run out ignorance and run out the wrong thinking that, that has held the door open to the enemy against our life. Right. Amen. So having Amen. knowledge of the word, look at this. Under the teaching, we gain knowledge of the word, but we don't gain skill till we become a doer. So skill is not just knowing what the word said. Skill is doing what the word says. Having knowledge of the word and being a doer of that word is one of our greatest defenses against the devil. Many times people are trying to get the devil to leave them alone. If they'd find out what right thinking is, then he can't gain an entrance because they'll keep the door closed to the enemy. Amen. And so um, as we, we hear the word taught and we take that word and make it ours, I tell you what, it's, it's, it sustains your life, that teaching of the word. And uh, we recognize and we, we, we refuse to yield to the schemes and strategies and devices of the enemy when we're taught the word. Amen. 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 Teaching of the word is the cure for unbelief. Yes. 
Amen. The teaching of the word is the cure for doubt. That's good. Teaching of the word and believing that word, holding that word, yes. runs fear out. Yes. It runs Amen. depression Amen. out. Amen. It runs oppression out. Yes. Amen. Amen. It runs anxiety and yes. panic out. Thank God for the teaching of the word. Amen. Amen. So here we have in this synagogue, this church service, a man is sitting there with a withered hand. He came to church with a need. I tell you what, our needs need to get met at church. Well, are they? Well, if we'll sit under the teaching and be taught the word and cooperate with that word and not only that, bring our faith to it because it's not enough to be present in the building. We have to bring in expectancy. So when you go to church and you sit under your pastor, be expectant. Expect to receive something. Hook your faith up to the word that's taught. Amen. Then it goes on to verse 7 and it says, And the scribes and the Pharisees watched him. They were watching Jesus, whether he would heal on the Sabbath day that they might find an accusation against him. Why was that? Well, on the Sabbath day, man was not supposed to work. And so they were looking for what they would call Jesus doing work, labor. Uh, they were really against healing. <laughs> they weren't just against work. They were really against healing. Uh, but notice this. They were going to see, is Jesus going to perform work that day that a man's not supposed to do on the Sabbath day? They weren't watching to see how many people are going to get healed today. Right. Yeah. They weren't watching to see, is he going to bless this man with that withered hand and going to set him free from that? They weren't, they, you know, you can watch, but watch with a negative, a, a critical eye instead of a faith eye. We will watch based on what's in us. Why were they, why were they watching critically? Because they were of a critical heart. Uh, but if we'll have faith in our heart, we watch with faith eyes. Amen. What Amen. is God offering me today? Because I'm going to take it. Amen. Amen. And so notice this, that they were watching to see if he was going to do work that day. Well, let me ask you this. Did Jesus heal that day? Yes. Jesus healed that day. You know what that means? It's not work for God. It's not work for him. That's his flow. It's not a hard work for God. Amen. It's a flow. Amen. So if we're to receive in a service, we cannot be sitting there the way these religious leaders were sitting there. We can't be there with a critical eye. We can't be there under an air of offense. We can't be there under an air of unforgiveness or bitterness. Why? Those things will rob us of the flow that the teaching of the Word of God offers us. Amen. If we're critical, we can't receive. Why? Because uh, being critical is not a conductor of power. Faith is a conductor of power. I said faith is a conductor of power. And so we have to make sure when we come to church, let's make sure we're not, we're, we're, we've addressed what needs to be addressed Amen. in ourselves. Yes. <laughs> Why? Because God wants us to receive. Yes. Yes. Amen. Amen. Uh, let's be quick to believe. Amen. I said, let's be quick to believe the word. Yes. Quick, not just to believe what man says. Right. Not just quick to believe the pastor, quick to believe the word the pastor preaches. 
Amen. It has to be in line with the word. Amen. Amen. And so we notice this, that the leaders suspected what Jesus would do. Why? They'd heard about him. No doubt they'd probably been in in, in other meetings of his. He knew that they knew that Jesus' flow was to help. They knew that Jesus' flow was to bless. Uh, Amen. He wanted to meet the needs of people. And so they suspected what he might do, and he did not disappoint them. (laughs) And verse 8, it says, but Jesus knew their thoughts. He didn't know them because they said something. He knew by the Spirit. See, when a man is is flowing with God, um, God will help him in other ways. And he helped him to know the thoughts of the people. Now, let me ask you this. Do you think that God was helping Jesus to know the thoughts of these religious leaders so that he could be upset with them? No. So he could help them. He was there teaching them. Amen. He knew the way they thought. He knew they thought wrong. That's why he's teaching them. And then he's going to demonstrate his sermon to further help their thinking. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Jesus wants to help people. You know, he's not mad at people when they think wrong. He's not mad at people when when they've been taught wrong. He wants to help them. Why was the Spirit of God revealing to Jesus the thoughts of these men so he could help them? so he could help him. And so he could help that man not be robbed from by the wrong thinking of those around him. Because you can be around wrong thinking and it will rob people. Yeah, if they get in an atmosphere of unbelief, an atmosphere of criticism, an atmosphere of being critical, somebody with a need could miss out on their miracle. So Jesus wanted to help their wrong thinking, but he also wanted to help the faith of the man who needed a miracle so that his wouldn't be robbed because of the wrong thinking around him. God is so good to us. Amen. And and listen, a man of God, sometimes God may tell things to your pastor, but it's to help. And not every man knows everything that everyone's thinking. Don't ever buy into that, that somebody knows everything you're thinking. Sometimes, you know, people might try to portray that. That's not true. That God only allows a man of God to know what they need to know to help somebody or maybe to protect somebody. Amen. And so that's what God was doing. By the Spirit, Jesus knew what these men were thinking. He knew their thoughts. And he said to the man which had the withered hand, rise up and stand forth in the midst. And he arose and stood forth. Notice, um, you can sense many times in a setting when people are sitting they're with a wrong approach to a service. You know, uh, as one preacher said, he could feel the hot breath of unbelief down his neck. (laughs) Well, that can be sometimes discerned in a setting. This man with the withered hand knew that the people there were not for his healing. But you know what? Right in the midst of that opposition, he still stood up and did what Jesus said. It says here, Jesus told him, arise and stand forth. And he told, he told the man, excuse me, he said to the man which had the withered hand, rise up and stand forth in the midst. 
don't, we're not do this off in a corner. We're not going to do this in the back room after service. We're going to do it right in the, right in the front of criticism. Why? To run the wrong flow out so that the right flow can dominate. And what did this man with the withered hand do? He stood up, he arose, and he stood forth right in the midst of all those who did not agree with that flow. He did it. You know, if you're going to receive a miracle, sometimes you're going to have to go against the flow around you. Yes. You'll have to go against the, uh, maybe a, pop, uh, a, a popular way of thinking. Uh, maybe somebody who doesn't understand. You, if you're going to receive a miracle, you're just going to have to do what Jesus tells you to do. Amen. Hallelujah. What a man. Jesus knew. Jesus knew that these religious leaders were against the flow, but he would not shut down that flow just because people didn't agree. He would not hold back help. He would not hold back miracles just because the people didn't understand. What a man. Just stand up and did the right thing in the face of a wrong flow. I tell you, that's what faith does. It does the right thing. I said it does the right thing. Even when other people don't agree with that flow, you just do the right thing. You do what's right and you do what's good in the face of opposition. Amen. He, Jesus, this shows us he was not a man of cowardice. He was not trying to save face, so to speak. He was trying to bless people who had needs. And if it brought him more opposition, so be it. Amen. What a man. What a man of authority. Amen. What a man of courage, right? Uh, Verse 9 goes on and says, Then Jesus said to them, I will ask you one thing. Is it lawful on the Sabbath days to do good or to do evil, to save life or to destroy it? So as I said, before he even goes to minister to the man, he's got him standing up. That's all he's got him doing. But before he's even ministered to him, he is trying to help their wrong thinking. Why? Because this isn't the only miracle that could have been worked that day. This is the only one that was worked in that crowd, but that wasn't the only one Jesus wanted to work that day. He wanted anyone who had a need to get their miracle that day. So what's he trying to do? He's got to get the, he's trying to get the crowd with him instead of against him. You know, I, you, you learn that as a minister, you got to get the people with you, right? And the teaching of the word helps people to step into the right flow. And so Jesus is trying to help the wrong thinking because these religious leaders were against the flow of healing, then you have to think, what was the congregation's approach to it? You know, they sat under these people. They're going to take their cues from their leaders, right? So Jesus is trying to diffuse wrong thinking so that he can get people helped. He's trying to bring right thinking back to the congregation. Amen. And we see something about the religious leaders. They were more interested in their rules than they were in the help of people. They were more interested in the letter of the law than people getting their miracle. Amen. In other words, they would have rather him stay crippled in his hand than their rules be violated. They didn't want Jesus healing on the Sabbath day because they thought healing was not holy enough for the Sabbath day. They thought it not a holy work. And Jesus 
just showed them. (laughs) Healing is a holy work and it's holy enough for the Sabbath day. Amen. And Jesus didn't hold back. He put a spotlight on the healing power of God. Why, how did he put a spotlight on it? The man needing a miracle. Come here, stand up right in the midst. He spotlighted. What's he telling us? We need to make a healing. We need to spotlight it in our daily lives. We need to spotlight it in our ministries and we can spotlight it in our church services. Amen. Because it comes from a holy God and that is holy enough for a holy day. Amen. Because with God, it's not just a holy day, it's a holy life. Amen. Yes. Amen. Amen. It's not about a day being holy. It's about a life being holy. Amen. Amen. And so it's right and it's appropriate for us to spotlight God's healing power and delivering power for people. Amen. Amen. Why? Because it matters to God that our bodies are healed. It matters to him. It costs Jesus everything for us to receive healing. Let's honor it. Verse 10 says, And looking round about upon them all, he said unto the man, Stretch forth thine hand. And he did so, and his hand was restored whole as the other. Look how bold Jesus was to flow with healing power. Amen. He didn't let their wrong thinking cause him to step back, but he demonstrated what right thinking does. Amen. Amen. He needed the participation of this man who had the need. Notice that. He said, you stretch forth your hand. Uh, Your miracle is going to call for your participation of faith. Now, the man, when he went to stretch forth his hand, he wasn't stretching forth a hand that had already been healed. He was stretching forth a withered hand. And as he did it, then that hand became whole and he was made whole. He He did what he could not do. Amen. Amen. He did his part and then God did his part. Amen. Amen. You know, growing up, uh, we, we grew up in a small town and sometimes we would go riding horses and I had my own little horse, you know, when I was little and we'd have a saddle on it. And, um, all I did was put my foot in the stirrup when I went to mount that horse. Uh, but I wasn't strong enough or big enough to mount it by myself. But when I put my foot in the stirrup and endeavored to give myself a little bit of a bounce, daddy would do all the lifting. He would just lift. He knew that until I put my foot in the stirrup and lifted that I wasn't ready to be put on yet. That's what your faith is. When you act, you show God, now I'm ready for your part. I did a part and daddy did a part. And it, and it got me on the horse. Well, even so, faith is you doing your part and God will do his part. And I tell you, you'll mount that healing. You'll mount that victory. Amen. And verse 11 says, and they were all filled with madness, not gladness, madness, and communed one with another what they might do to Jesus. Listen, I tell you what, the miracles of God ought to cause us to rejoice. Amen. Amen. Well, it's been a joy to spend some time with you teaching on healing. We've been teaching out of our book called The Healer Divine. We invite you to get your copy. Go to Dufresne ministries.org and let us know you want yours. And until next time, remember this, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org.
In this classic book by Nancy Dufresne, we are presented with a study of the healings of Jesus. Your own faith will be stirred to believe and act as the healed God has made you to be. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. Please join us for our annual Holy Ghost meetings in Marietta, California, January 6th through the 11th, 2023 with Nancy Dufresne. We are also excited to welcome Kenneth Copeland and Richard Roberts as our special guests. For more information, please visit our website at DufresneMinistries.org. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.